I wanted to be a gangster. Like I thought that was the 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 best. You know, you know, little kids. You know, the, you want to be your favorite baseball player or whatever. I wanted to be Ray Liotta from Goodfellas. Welcome to the podcast by Mikhail Alphon. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. You all know how I love to share our guests' incredible stories, and this one is definitely one for the books. Our guest today is actually going to share his story of how he went from the heir to his grandfather's successful business to actually spending time in jail, then homeless, then literally getting his teeth kicked in, and how surrounding himself with positive people and positive influences led him to actually become partner in one of the most popular pizza restaurants in Orange County. But before I speak too much, Ron, why don't you say what's up to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey everybody, I will try to remember to talk to you and not just to Mikhail. I, uh, I am, I manage a restaurant and I have a couple other side hustles and we were actually talking a little bit about this uh, as I got introduced around the office here and I think the best way to describe it is like that restaurant really matters. If those side hustles go away, I'll, I'll be fine. We'll call those a learning experience. But if, uh, if I screw this restaurant thing up, uh, we're going to have a bigger problem. So I really want to dig into your beliefs and everything like that. But let's talk about the restaurant real quick. I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons why we is that one of the reasons why we connected. So in a roundabout way. So my initial connection, I don't even know if you are aware of this, but uh, the the team of people I'm surrounded with uh, in various amounts of business and different businesses uh, are all positive focused people. We all believe that our happiness and our positivity and our attitude is the number one reason that we are successful. And if we have a person that's responsible for that, uh, it's our buddy Adam. Uh, <laughs> when we describe it to people, we say I'm in charge of the things yeah. and he's in charge of the people, He, his culture and all that. So, But he comes in one day and he's like, uh, you need to check this dude out. And he gave me your Instagram. And so uh, I started following along. And I'm sure Adam wanted to focus on your positivity and like your social media stuff. And uh, I don't care. <laughs> he posted a bunch of pictures of Eggs Benedict, um, which ironically is one of my least favorite breakfasts traditionally because I don't like hollandaise. But whenever I can find a place that'll sub in gravy, great. <laughs> if they'll sub biscuits for the uh, English muffin, yeah. I'm... I'm sold. Yeah. Now, um, uh, as far as the who I am, I am originally from Minnesota. Uh, we say we are rednecks because we don't have hills. We can't be hillbillies. So, <laughs> uh, the um, if we can put gravy on stuff, I am sold. Yeah. So, uh, but that was that was the initial. It, he showed me your Instagram. And I was like, oh, and I commented on something like, oh, have you tried these? And you were like, yeah, no. Um, uh, I said something like, I think they're better with gravy or something like that. And um, mentioned memphis memphis yeah yeah and yeah that was that was actually that ironically was like the like i found out the night before that that i was sick oh shit and so i was like well i want to keep this appointment and so i'm going and uh but yeah um partially too i'm like meeting this person that i'm like impressed by and whatnot and so i uh i 
I'm like, well, this, <laughs> is, this is good. I'm not going to drink at breakfast. So that's good. That's a good sign. Because I, I was starting my vacation. I was leaving for stagecoach right after. Right. And so in my that. mind, like in a normal sense, I'd have been like, well, I'm on vacation. Like I can start drinking at whatever time I want. And, you know, that's how you end up with the liver problem, kids. Don't yeah. do that. What time? What day? Did we meet on a Wednesday? Mm-hmm. That's crazy that that came out. I was like, it's pretty interesting i wasn't drinking at breakfast <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly this is gonna go everywhere and i'm per- perfectly okay with it but we can't mention that you were sick without talking about it can we talk about that a little bit uh yeah so i went through um uh in a it's weird because at one point i would have said not to toot my own horn but now it's like a almost a fault i say myself but i am a workaholic i don't sleep very much and i don't need it i wake up i'm, I'm not tired and things like that um but I am notoriously a machine. I will work all day and it's, and I love it. And that's, um, that's a huge part of my happiness is that I found that, you know, uh, I trust me, I used to work half day and hate it. It just depends on what you're doing. But, um, uh, between, uh, that strain, um, and, uh, essentially, uh, the drinking I was doing and, the supplements I was taking and like uh, gym supplements and things like that, uh, I I basically was shutting down my own liver and I didn't find that out. It took them, they, they that is their theory at this point. I still don't have a real clear answer other than, other than I owe a lot of money to the hospital. <laughs> the, uh, the, I learned a lot about the insurance system. Uh-huh. It's astounding, one, it's astounding how much they cover. Like I, it's funny because I, I had a lot of people who were like, like insurance is a joke and this and that. Like, no, insurance is amazing. Yeah. Like, they'll they'll cover a huge portion of things. The medical system is expensive. And, yeah. and I, as a person, like, I don't go to the doctor. I don't, you know. Mm. And so I just wasn't really familiar with. But also, I found that they're very reasonable about, like, we know we're charging you a lot of money. It's expensive. You want to break that up into some easy monthly payments? Like, it's, it's great. Yeah. But, um, uh you didn't get to hear me or no, no one got to hear me before, but I, um, uh, I was very sluggish and down. Like when your liver is not processing things, uh, I learned a ton about my body and how it works. Uh, your liver not processing things essentially saps you of being able to get any energy out of the food mm. you're eating. And so I would get up and work for 30 minutes and I mean work like sit at my desk at a computer and have to go back to bed and lay down for another two hours. Yeah. And so, um, as you can tell by me speaking so rapidly and whatnot, my energy's back, uh, work is good, things are good, and it's just a matter of monitoring my health now. Um, you know, uh, I almost feel guilty when I talk to people about it because there are people with, I, I mean, for lack of a better term, like real chronic illness. Mm. Um, I have a condition now that I should be aware of for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. but I don't have like it's pretty simple like eat healthy get some sleep and don't drink every day yeah like it's not a real complicated routine i know lots of people that have much more difficult things they have to deal with so um and the other thing is is i dropped like 40 pounds in two months like if you can't eat fried or fatty food and you can't drink um it it's really good for you <laughs> um and the shame of it is is uh on um on my own social media a big part of it was like trying to go through a transformation um uh uh, I was much I was more athletic. Well, I, w- I was an athlete when I was younger. And um, and so, you know, I know 
the potential my body has, I guess, and refuse to believe that I'm actually getting older and can't can't uh, meet those same goals. But um, so a big part of my own social media is like the Transformation Tuesday idea and showing progress and things like that. Mm. And so all of a sudden people are like, man, you're doing so great that, you know, that you're really losing weight. And, like, and you almost feel like a fraud. You want to be like, uh, I didn't really work for this. Like, you know, I got sick and I stopped. And, you know, and, you, and so I'm not the kind of person that would share, despite the fact I'm putting it on a podcast right yeah. now, uh, who would share like my health issues in depth with most people. Yeah. But working in a bar, you're in front of people all day long who see you on a regular basis. Um, and what I will do is whore out my social media to them. So, um, I, you know, they're all aware of me trying to make this progress. So people are just commenting. And I, at that point, I told 10 times as many people as I would normally about my health problems only because I felt like it was, it was fraudulent of me to be like, oh, yep, I've been crushing it at the gym. Yeah. Dro <laughs> dropped all this weight. Which, by you the way. just work hard. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, like, I don't know how you feel about it. for me personally to not eat fried food and drink is a lot of fucking work like you know what <laughs> you think that it is now do you know when it's not <laughs> when you eat biscuits and gravy oh, yes. and then you have to sleep mm. for a day and a half uh, you're like yeah. oh my stomach's upset and i can't get out of bed gotcha. you're like it took all the charm out of it <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's true i guess that's really true i mean you, um you know i definitely want to get back to the health stuff but you mentioned earlier that you you're you just happen to be uh, surrounded by a bunch of positive people. Adam's, you know, a big reason for that. It, and it seems like everybody at cruisers is generally happy, which is awesome. It's like one of the only places that I've restaurants that I've been where the people who work there seem to be happy, which is great. But before we started talking, uh, you mentioned that you went from miserable fuck to happy fuck, right? How did we get there? Um, so, uh, I, one step before that, I went to like, I grew up in a fairly like good situation. Uh, you know, I never had to wonder if there was going to be food on the table and things like that. Um, financially. Um, uh, so I, I, you know, I went from that to uh, basically I wanted I wanted to be a gangster. Like I thought that was the, the, the best, you know, you know, little kids, you know, the, you want to be your favorite baseball player or whatever. I wanted to be Ray Liotta from Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. Like I, and so, um, I was working in a restaurant and, uh, have always had somewhat of an entrepreneurial spirit and it was, uh, it's called black Wednesday. Uh, for those of you not in the restaurant business, it is the night before Thanksgiving. Mm. And it is traditionally one of the busiest days in any bar. Uh, the reason being is everybody goes home. Most of you probably have a bar that you think of as the bar you grew up going to. You probably snuck in with a fake ID until you were old enough. That bar that when you go back home to visit your family and you go to that bar because you see all your friends from high school, that's Black Wednesday. And that happens in every bar across the country. And um, so we worked a decently long night, but that uh, the restaurant closed uh, earlier. And it wasn't really that kind of place. It was newer, so it wasn't a nostalgic place. And uh, I tried cocaine for the first time and I really liked it. I was like, this is amazing. And um, 
what happened was a customer had tipped one of the bartenders with it and we all went out after and he was like um yeah that the tipping of people give drugs to bartenders way more than you think like that's crazy. like there's a lot of things that are like overplayed in movies i'm always like like every time like something like that handoff happens and you're like like this is actually downplayed and you would think they would play that up but, yeah so we uh i'm like yeah i want to try it. i'm a naturally curious person so i did and i was like this is great I, you know, I worked all day. I'm going to be out all night and I've got to like be Thanksgiving ready tomorrow. Like yeah. I'll just take the rest of this with me and do cocaine all day tomorrow yeah. at Thanksgiving. And it seemed perfectly reasonable at the time. Yeah. Plus that's what really you had to did in get fellas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm at the start of how it's going to work. Um, and so I did, uh, I did cocaine from that day for the next, uh, two and a half years every day. Um, but holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. When they like when when you when they're like you should be careful. You have an addictive personality. I'm that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't gamble. I don't do drugs. I don't. You know, like those. Like I if and it's funny because I'm that way about everything. Mm -hmm. Like I am a system and a routine and a you know like I it wasn't like oh I'll wake up and I feel like doing drugs. I woke up, brushed my teeth and did a line of cocaine because that was how I started my day. Not because it was like, it wasn't, and it wasn't any weirder to me to do the cocaine than brush my teeth. And so, um, but in any case, I, uh, being an entrepreneurial minded, I was like, well, this is crazy. Lots of people like cocaine. And if I buy more, it costs less yeah. and I can sell it. And, it. and so it just turned into, I became a drug dealer. And uh, over time, as you know, sloppy suburban kids are want to do i was sloppy with it and one day uh, i got arrested and uh and i could have uh i'm currently a felon uh, luckily the state has changed some things and i'm working on that i will not be a felon for much longer but um uh at the time uh i could have gone to classes and done what i was supposed to do uh, you plead guilty do your classes you're on probation and uh, you get a misdemeanor but I wasn't ready to quit doing drugs yet. So I didn't go to my classes. I didn't, uh, I didn't go to show up to pee clean because I wasn't going to pee clean. Um, and uh, so I go to jail. I get out. I'm on probation. I get in a bar fight because that was another thing I did at the time. Yeah. And so um, uh, I did that cycle a couple of times. And then uh, the final time, the, the judge was like, um, so I'm going to give you a count a year. And the next time you come here, uh, you're going to go upstate. And I was like, um, my dad was in the military, um, not, uh, not in my older years, but our house was very structured. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people hate jail. Um, to me, uh, especially cause I wasn't doing anything with my life anyway. Uh, it was like, Oh, um, so the place is provided for me. You all feed me on a regular schedule. Um, I'm, I'm a bigger guy who knows how to fight. So I, uh, within the society of jail, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm also a fairly intelligent person. Yeah. So um, when you surround yourself with people who were all of them without a doubt with, or without fail, dumb enough to get caught, you don't have to be too smart to be the smartest person in the room. Right. And so I ended up, you know, I, in that society, I ended up on the top. So, and when you go back, you know people, you have re uh, reputation and, you know, relationships and you get yourself, you know, life was very comfortable for me there. And the only, the two it's things, crazy. yeah, the two yeah. things that people dislike are, um, 
uh, I have to go where I, I, I there's a lot of uh, it's weird because you go to jail because you can't follow society's rules yeah when you get to jail there's way more rules yeah and not jail rules jail society's rules right. um, and so in turn um, for me that was no problem oh we've got this structured system you just do what you're told cool got it um, and uh, as far as your time people are like oh it's so boring all I want to do with my time is read and work out. So it's perfect. Uh, I was housed one place where the guards wouldn't let us work out. I found it. it would, I did a lot more reading, but after a while, that did get tedious. Yeah. Um, but in any case, uh, so I realized, like, I don't want to go upstate. Primarily, my um, uh, I have two sons, uh, and uh, I won't the. One of them I see, one of them I don't. The one I don't see, or the one I see, uh, I wanted to see him. And I didn't want him to see me in jail. And that was really what it was. When I got out, um, his mom, who was my ex-wife by, by that point, um, kind of eased my transition out of jail, uh, gave me time to like get on my feet and whatnot, and uh, was awesome to me. It actually, we, we were very contentious before that. And uh, through that act of kindness, I have no choice but to not be contentious with her. Yeah. So... Um, I was constantly in a good in a good opportunity, and I um, I would find a way to jam it up. Yeah. And you know, I'd get from those times where it was like, okay, you know, you got caught with drugs, you should get a felony. You know, I'm gonna screw this up, and, and I'm gonna end up with a felony, which is what ended up happening. Yeah. Uh, I violated enough times that they're like, nope, here's your felony. Enjoy your year. Um, and then uh, a good friend of mine. Um, he was, uh, he was basically, he, he taught my son martial arts. Um, and at this point, he's not a good friend of mine. He, I just, he's the guy who teaches my son martial arts. But he says, um, you know, you should come in and train. You know, like getting to fights and bars. How old are you at this point? I am 29. Okay. Uh, I'm ballparking that, but that's close enough. Sure. Um, and he's like, you should come in and train. And at this point, I don't have a job. I'm uh, living at my ex-wife's uh, on her good graces, but it's very clear I need to be on my way. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I start training there um, and just basically, you know, he's he's building a school and he wants, you know, a body of someone capable to like, you know, help with students and, or, you know, like it's, it, it's, he's trying to build an adult program there. Right. And so um, I do that and he, you know, he doesn't charge me anything, and it's great. I move in with a buddy. That buddy kind of, like, helps me get on my feet. I'm working construction and, and working out at the dojo. Um, little by little, construction dries out. This is, like, right around 2008. Mm -hmm. So oh, okay. economic downturn, construction dries up. Uh, after a couple months, my buddy uh, is like, hey, I can't just keep floating your rent. Uh, so I end up um, living in my car and at the dojo uh, my, my friend's name is Daniel uh, Daniel is basically like uh, you should stay at my place I'm like uh, you've got a brand new wife and a brand new daughter and like it's, I'm, I, I don't want to stay at your place I took him up on it a couple of times um, I would come over and have dinner you know he'd feed me and stuff uh, but he was like well if you're not gonna do that sleep at the dojo so I would just sleep at the dojo uh, wake up by this point I'm like helping to teach there mm -hmm. and he um, so I'm kind of back on the same program of all I'm doing is working out and reading 
but he gave me uh, an iPod, uh, and uh, it had uh, Waking the Giant Within on it. And Did he, we have this conversation? Yeah. That was like the the book for me. Oh, really? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, go so, on. So um, it's funny because I've gone back and listened to slash read it numerous times, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. Like like when they say like, oh, you'll get something different out of a book. Like I have tattoos based on the on the what I got out of reading that book, and now I'm like, I don't remember what part I was at when I got this out of it, you know? Because right. <laughs> I've changed so much. But um, uh, so I would go get up in the morning, go to the gym, and listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, or listen to that book and um, and it basically just got down to like quit being bullshit like like your decisions like stop having like this fantasy wish list and make some fucking decisions and decide I'm not going to be this person like and it made me like like I'm literally homeless, living in my car, sleeping in the on the floor in the back of like where I train karate. And I'm a better person than allowing myself to be in that situation. Yeah. And not that, you know, like and not that it makes you a bad person if you find yourself in a bad situation. It makes you bad, yourself a bad person if you stay in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I that was my turning point. That was kind of a long walk up to <laughs> there was a lot of focus on the miserable part but that was really my turning point yeah and so I started like okay I'm gonna I'm going to do do something here um, at that point I knew how to bartend I had worked in bars and restaurants I had done construction like what am I going to do because all I was doing right now was teaching and as generous as it was he couldn't he can't pay me very much to do that yeah and so you know essentially I'm getting room and board a uh, little scratch here for food. I get to, you know, use his protein when I get back from the gym, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and uh, he actually, after the fact, when I kind of fixed things, he ta- he shared an expression with me, and I love it. Um, there's a giant difference between a hand out and a hand up. Because I was expressing my gratitude for what he had done for me. And he was like, he's like, I was happy to do it. He's like, you know, there's a giant difference between a hand out and a hand up. And you took that hand and you bettered your situation. And like, uh, like right now he's actually opening a new school. And in my mind, it's like, I'm like watching what he's doing. Cause, and I've like reached out to him like, what can I do to help you? Cause there's certain people in my life that like, if they ever need anything, like I want to help them yeah. because I know like there's, it's funny cause smaller minded me feels like, you know, I owe you, you did something for me and I owe you and that's fine. So it's okay for me to feel that way um, as long as I don't feel that way about other people owing me. But what the bigger part of me isn't the O. It's the opportunity because I know if I help that guy get into a good position, it just means he can help more people like he helped me. Right. And in turn, I'm providing, I'm, I'm helping, I'm helping many people by helping this one person. And to me, like that's the best payback I can give. Yeah. So, uh, so I, um, I literally am just annoying. I'm pestering people. Uh, do you want to train? Um, at this point, I was, uh, at the start of this process, I'm like 310 pounds. Um, How much do you weigh now? Uh, right now, I'm like 235. 235? Yeah. And you're 6'4"? No, I'm like 6'2". Huh. Yeah. Everything seems like 6'4 when you're 5'6". <laughs> right. <laughs> so you find that camera lens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I basically like I have nothing to do but work out and train and whatnot and you know I'm homeless so I'm not eating very much so all of it's coming together and I dropped from 310 
uh, or 309 to 210. Oh, shit. In like three, a little over three months. Wow. Yeah. And so everyone around me is like, man, that's crazy. How'd you do that? Da, 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 da. And like, and this, um, this time it was actual hard work, not, yeah. <laughs> though poverty helps. <laughs> <laughs> I, one of my buddies makes fun of me all the time because I'll be like, I lost 90 pounds in three months. Like, I can do it again. And he's like, yeah, bro, you were poor. You want to be poor again? Because that's not the same. <laughs> so, so uh, in any case, I, I start like, uh, do, you know, I do start doing personal training. Now, with no knowledge other than you should work out every day. And I, but I like at least know the exercises and muscle groups. So I start training people in the mornings at the, at the dojo when it's not open. Um, then uh, I teach at the dojo. And then I'm like trying to pester people. And I had it in my head. Why were you pestering people to train? Like for additional money? Yeah. Because okay. I, I had decided I was going to do, I would do whatever I could to better my situation. And that to me, uh, the fact that I was homeless really bothered me. I mean, as it should. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, and so it got down to like, I'm going to get myself to a point where I can comfortably rent a place. And I was, I ended up renting a room and you know, that worked out. But in any case, I, I went along and, um, I start with training and then one of the students, uh, I basically was like, Hey, you know, if you know of a restaurant that's hiring you here, he was like, Oh, I work security at a bar. We're always looking for extra guys. And I had a half moment's hesitation. Like I used to manage restaurants. Like I don't want to work the door. And then I was like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And so I went and the throughout my life, working hard has paid off. I think it does for everyone. And, um, uh, I grew up in a family business. Mm -hmm. So to me, a lot of times like, it's not even working hard. Like this is just how work is. Like right. this is what you do when you're working. And so I went, um, I went there and they had an interesting system. I've actually never seen it in another bar, but, um, there was, there's a main bartender and then a second bartender. There's no bar backs. Was so, this still in Minnesota or you're in California? This is California. Point? Gotcha. Yeah. You can't sleep in your car in Minnesota. <laughs> um, uh, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. So the, um, uh, but yeah, so this is actually in orange. It was in the circle. Okay. Uh, but they, um, this one woman was complaining that she didn't, she was a first bartender some nights, but didn't want to be the second bartender this one night. Um, so I just said, I'd worked there like a week at this point. And I was like, uh, I'll do that. Like I bartended for this long and you know, I've worked in restaurants and this and that. And they were like, um, all right, we'll try you out next Wednesday. And took me about half a shift to knock some rust off. But, uh, I did a great job. And the guy, he was like, you're my second bartender forever. Cause like <laughs> having a bar back that also bartends, like you don't like, you know, you're ha I see if I notice that you're tipping the bottle and past a certain point, like that bottle's going to run out in the middle of that drink. And I've got like an open one for you before it starts. Right. But their system there, like in every other scenario, that person gets tipped out by the primary person in their scenario. You're responsible for the bar backing type duties and you don't make drinks unless the first, unless someone's waiting. Basically the first bartender is the one making all the drinks, but if they get busy enough, then you, you grab the person so they're not, not waiting, but you keep all your own tips. Nice. And so it was like, I mean, I'm practically bartending here. So I did that. And between my take on the Tony Robbins, where to me, um, I have my, my tattoos say, uh, dis commitment, discipline, and willpower. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Fun fact. If you're going to get fancy cursive writing on your wrist that's like really close to people, you want to think about how much that looks like white power when you're a big giant white dude. Uh. It, it says willpower, but I've been asked at least 25 times across my life, does that say white power? <laughs> and I'm not concerned about answering those questions. I don't get uncomfortable with people. Yeah. It doesn't, so it's not really an issue at all. Yeah. I'm concerned about the people that didn't ask. Yeah. Like how many people looked and were like, like, yeah, it doesn't. It, yeah, that's pretty crazy. And the other thing, too, for, you know, those of you who can't see, uh, it's so I can read it. That was my primary concern, which means it's also upside down to the person trying yeah. to read it. So in any case, um, but it, out of that book, I really got like, like you just make a commitment. You make a decision mm -hmm. and that's your commitment and that's what it is. And it only takes two things after that. It takes the discipline to do the things you'll say you'll do and the willpower to not do the things you say you won't. And that's it. Like if you can manage those three things, you can do anything you want. Yeah. And so that was kind of how I started look, looking at it. And um, I worked at that bar for a while. And then um, a friend of mine uh, who I had actually lived with when I was in my drug dealing phase, uh, who is completely opposite end of the spectrum, but is just a, such a good human, uh, was like, hey, I've got a room opening up in Newport. Do you want to move down here? And I was like, Man, and it's funny because at that point in my life, I was paying eight hundred dollars for my room in Orange, and it was eight fifty to live in Newport. Oh, and I, shit, and I was what? debating whether or not I could afford that eight fifty, oh, like whether that fifty dollars yeah. was going to make a difference. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And and I was like, I can, you know, here's what I can do. I can teach. I can, you know, do a little more training, this and that, whatever it was it was going to take. And so I moved down there, and that immediately led to like, well, I don't want to commute to Orange every day to work. So I got a job in the bar he worked in. Which was Cruisers? No, which is Cabo. Oh, Cabo I Cantina. love Cabo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone loves Cabo. Yeah. So uh, Cabo Cantina. And so we all worked there. And again, I basically focused on like getting my foot in the door, which initially they didn't want to hire me. I, this, um, So I used to, uh, uh, as when I was, Basically, I fought my way into jail. Uh, I turned that into a small job teaching martial arts. And then that turned into uh, basically doing underground fighting. Now, in a terrible sense of timing, I was training for a fight and got all the bottom four front teeth kicked into the back of my throat. And Okay, so hold on. When you say kicked into the back of your throat, did they fall out? Did it break your jaw and push it back? Like, now I need oh. the full visual of this. Full visual? Oh. Oh, shit. Uh, to the listener, <laughs> he just pulled out his four front teeth. <laughs> that was so, crazy. So, uh, well, I mean, so the guy I was supposed to fight is this tall, long, skinny guy. And so I'm training with this guy who's tall, long, and skinny. Um, he's always an instructor at the same set of schools I teach at. And he would get me with this kick. He would snap this kick right up to my face. Uh, for those of you that know martial arts, I don't even know how to describe this other than it's like side blade kick. Like if you yeah. think of flying sidekick like that, but he's still got a foot on the ground. So he got you with that? Yeah. Every he, time? He would get constantly. Crazy. Constantly. And so uh, I'm, I'm a big dude. I hit hard, but I don't move too fast. Yeah. <laughs> so... I finally, week after week, I finally slip one of them. And I take half a second in my brain to celebrate that I've slipped past it. And his instinct 
because I freeze, he snaps. Now, this is where it like gets into like some fancy cool martial arts. He snaps what's called a hook kick, oh. which is essentially where his foot's out because he missed past my face, and then he snaps back and brings his heel backwards into my face. And I, uh, I sat down, sat up, spit one of my teeth into my hands, and the other two were hanging, or two, one in my hands, one was in my mouth still, and one and the other two are hanging by their uh, delicate little threads. And this is by this is during training or during a, an training. Action, training training. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes. <laughs> we we had this. It was awesome because I was because of my life experience and abilities. I was allowed to go to this, but it was essentially all uh, like uh, black belt instructors, mm -hmm. and they would get together one uh, morning every week and train together. And so I knew I had this fight coming up. This dude matched him physically. This would be good for me. And so we did that. And uh, to this day, he feels terrible about it. Um, to me, uh, that is probably the sweetest martial arts sequence I've ever seen. Yeah. And I was really happy. Like, I, I literally set up. I was like, that was awesome. He's like, and, and, um, <laughs> and I, I, I was, it, it was amazing. Now, do I regret that my teeth got kicked? Yes. I wish I'd have, you know, continued the movement, but I didn't, and that the kick was amazing. So, well, like for me, like I have a little bit of it. First of all, why weren't you wearing a mouth guard? Or Listen, I didn't make a lot of good choices in my <laughs> life. Like, of all the things I've told you so far, right now, you want That's what you want to talk I, about in yeah, my life. I'm decisions? sorry, you're right. You're absolutely right. I just thought, like, you read Tony Robbins. You thought mouth guard would be a good step up. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know what's funny is since then, uh, anytime I teach or train or anything. You know, if I'm going to work out hard, uh, I, I put a mouthpiece in. But what you don't think about is that I have some very expensive dental work you saw me just pull yeah. out. So my mouth guards all involve me taking those teeth out. Like, they're all molded <laughs> to me not having those teeth there. So they just look funny when you look at them. It's I, also really helpful when you're teaching kids because you're like, you guys want to wear a mouth guard? And then you always get, like, one kid who's kind of overprivileged and his parents let him do whatever he wants with his yeah. life. And he's like, I didn't bring mine. I'm like, listen, I know it's in the bag. And also, you slide your teeth out and like put your teeth in your hand. And be yeah. like, you put the mouth guard in, or you can learn to take your teeth out. And they're like, it's right here. It's in the pocket on the side. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was thinking when you told that story because that side blade kick, I feel like, and now that you say that, it's basically the Illuminati of black belts that are getting together and like right. training. It makes sense because I'm like, isn't that? I feel like traditionally that, or it's telegraphed a little bit. Right. Because, you know, it's not like a back kick or whatever where it's what I mean, that's telegraphed too, but it's telegraphed. And then the fact that he had enough strength in his kick to hook it from being straight up. Right. And because he didn't like relaunch it. He just, no, Bruce lead your face. Literally, his foot is past <laughs> my face. He stopped moving because he's probably surprised he didn't get me because we've done this a lot of times at this point. Yeah. So that he stops, I stop, and I'm like, and there literally is just like, and this moment of like, uh huh. And then. <laughs> My head is on the mat. <laughs> That's um, so. For those of you listening, should you ever have your teeth kicked in? Uh, they like you to keep them under your tongue. Would be the best bet. Um, uh, in a glass of milk is a second option. What? Uh, they can jam your teeth back in and save them sometimes. Uh, my, I was not that lucky. Uh, one of them got saved. Three of them did. Because you, they just die. Your teeth die. Yeah, like the nerves just immediately start dying. Mm. But in your mouth, they will last longer because it's in their natural environment. I guess. Yeah, for sure. That's um, also, uh, so I ride a Harley. Uh, you ride a Harley? Mm -hmm. Did you ride it here? No. Uh. No, 
I drove a Tesla here. Do you want to see that? That yeah, I do. Okay, <laughs> we, we can go do that <laughs> next time. I'll bring the bike. Um, the uh, but um, my lips that re- or my teeth that remained went through my lip. Oh shit! And so uh, I stayed and finished training because I'm You're a psychopath. A, yeah, yeah. And the uh, remember that like I'm here by like somewhat of a privilege that I get to be in this room. Yeah. And so like there's just no way I'm leaving early. Right. And so. Um, uh, so I stay, I finish training with my teeth under my tongue and then, um, uh, we, I go to leave and, uh, luckily the, um, the company that I taught for, they basically were nice enough that, uh, my abilities and my being ready for that fight and all that, those things were worth it to them that they called up and found me a dentist and said they'd take care of it. So when you don't have insurance and you're homeless and things like that, we're going to take care of your dental work as a somewhat of a, I don't know, sponsorship or whatever means a lot. Yeah. So I, um, I'm sorry, was this, you were training with the restaurant that you're working for or no, no, no. I was, uh, the black belt society. Yes. (laughs) The, uh, the martial arts school. Yeah. Um, they, uh, I, would I, there was a point where I was probably giving them? Some I think you're pub so here. cool. Like I think you're so cool. Oh, <laughs> you just saw me take my teeth out and put them in my hand. Yeah, How no, cool? I, it's less than cool. I think you're awesome. <laughs> so, but I'm riding my Harley to go to the dentist, yeah. right? And I know that I'm bleeding through my lip, but I also know, like, I went to the bathroom and I cleaned it up. Well, it's I have a coal bucket type helmet and. It's um, it's windy and whatnot, and I always try because I'm aware of how I look and how I look on that bike and things like that. So I was trying, like you know, give people a nod, a little smile at the thing, and yeah. whatever. So I'm riding my Harley along, and I'm you know between lanes, and I look over the woman at the light, and I give her a little smile and move on, and I don't think too much about it. And then I park my bike and I walk up, you know, to big medical buildings, a big glass door. I walk up and I go to grab it, and I stop. I realize I have a bright orange shirt on. <laughs> the shirt has blood spatter all the way down the front. <laughs> my face has blood because it's just been the wind yeah. has just been pumping it out of that. And, so, and it's everywhere over my shirt. I'm like, I don't think the smile helped. I do not think that woman had any better of a day because I gave her a little grand nod. <laughs> she probably thinks you ate a kitten or right. something. Like, what is this savage doing on his bike? Why are you bleeding right now? That is not reasonable. So, um, so I, uh, I go and you know that. I don't remember how I got on the tangent of that, but, uh, oh, um, just in general, the idea of like, if you work hard and are nice to people, good things happen to you. Like it's that simple. And the biggest thing for me, like as far as like how I went from not miserable to miserable is I stopped doing what other people told me I was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, you know, my family, totally glanced over this my family owned a sheet metal business and groomed me my entire life to take over that business and I worked there for two years and one day said I don't um I, it, that wasn't even that profound I I would have lunch with my grandfather and my father once a week that's cool separately and uh, uh I'm sitting there with my grandfather and he was man if I if I work a lot he worked a lot he um but he was the he was first guy in last guy to leave and uh, every morning he'd get in there, he'd be in there about an hour, and then it'd be about time everyone else would show up. And he'd go downstairs and he'd walk the floor. And he'd stop by and he'd talk to each guy and kind of ask him, you know, how, how were things in their life, basically? And how, uh, you know, and, and not that it was this detailed every day, but essentially his gist was either, how, you know, how are things in your life? 
or uh, how are things in your work area, you know, and just give people an opportunity to kind of voice or whatever. And that lunch, you know, I'm sitting there and I was just like, every day you're fired up about this. Like, how do you do that? You know, like, and he said, if you're asking right now, you know, you've been doing this two years or, you know, I'm like 21 at this point. He's like, uh, or no, I'm 22. And he says, uh, if you're asking that right now, you should go find something else to do. Boom. And I mean, my whole life, it is, there's been no question. Yeah. You're going to take over this family's business. And he literally, and he, I would learn later. I, it would dawn on me later. We would have conversations later. Uh, he said it so casually. Like, this is a fact of life. If yeah. this is how you feel right now. And he was upset. Um, not with me, but just at the way it turned out. Yeah. And, and um, the two years, there was another year of like transition. I was like, I'll get a job in the on the weekends working in a bar and I'll be happy doing both. And then I started working in a bar and I was like, uh, actually, I love this. Yeah. And I don't love that. And I'm not investing all of my time to this thing I don't love and then like a little time. So uh, those two things generally transition to swapping, uh, you know, time balance in my life. And two years after I was done, he sold it. Sold the whole thing. Uh, and my grandfather's a, very i mean he's like when you think of texan that's that's what he looks like yeah he's or looked like uh he's a big man bigger than me a little taller bigger frame big hat texan yeah. and uh he uh sold his uh manufacturing business uh, he did like aerospace sheet metal and uh started raising show pomeranians in literally what the most <laughs> the most surprising turn of events of my life like i was like yeah pomeranians are barely a dog first of all okay Do you, so and but he's my my family in general does everything to the hilt so he uh he's gonna travel around to dog shows oh, okay they've got the back of they've got like the back of the of an rv built yeah. into kennels and then uh and on the on the plate Palm Pilot. That oh was, my gosh! That was yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. So um, uh, he's passed now. He uh, ended up getting Parkinson's, which is super cool because it runs in my family, so I get to watch out for that. Yeah. The um, uh, but he was really happy, like really happy, and so that's cool. You yeah. Know? Uh, I thought for sure he was going to die at his desk. So the fact that he found something else he really loved, and you know, and in a selfishly. It took a lot of guilt off of me that he ended up happy, you know? Yeah. So, like, he was my hero growing up, you know? That's so and, rad, dude. Yeah. So, but in any case, I I went against what everyone said I should do. Uh, I've also, fun fact, been divorced three times. My, uh, That's my... just as many as Ross. <laughs> exactly. I love that you got the reference. Like, <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, here's the problem. I've actually, I don't You've know that I've probably seen, heard that before. Actually. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen, I don't know that I've ever seen an entire episode of Friends, but uh, I have been divorced three times and people say that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, uh, you know, what's funny is like, if somebody were, if somebody were in this room right now and they saw you and saw me, it's like, I look like the guy that would say that's as many as Ross and you look like the guy that never fucking watched Friends before. <laughs> I, I'm terrible. So, uh, I have, I, because of my memory and the way I learn, I know all kinds of pop culture references, uh -huh. like tons of them, but I only know them 
because I'm surrounded by people in the bar that say them. Mm. I don't go to the movies. I don't own a television. Like I am really shitty at like, like I love trivia and I'll crush it, but I need a teammate that's going to cover music after like two thousands mm. and, uh, any movie, like when there's a movie TV round, you're going to need to handle that on your own. Okay. But the, uh, if it's like the, 13th president of the United States you'd be like probably not okay I don't know I'm gonna <laughs> guess Lincoln I have no idea. <laughs> but generally that kind of yeah. knowledge yes yeah I wish I'd have had that answer for you Actually, that would have been if boss. I had to guess I think it's Jackson but that's a guess can we google it real quick yeah okay that's awesome all right the 13th president let's find this out because Lincoln was the 16th that's the only one I know 13th and the first one president That'd be, I would just be so pumped if that was the actual answer. And the 13th president is Millard Fillmore. No wonder nobody's like. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the problem, or here's the benefit of the way I I learn. Like, I'll have that forever now. Yeah. Because we made an experience out of it. Like, here's the thing, though. Not only did we not know that was the 13th president, if I'd have given you a list that had, what are we at, 46, 45 right now? Uh, I think 47. Okay, so if we, if I'd have given you a list that had 50 names on mm-hmm. it, and those names were presidents, yeah, and but there were some extras, so you couldn't just narrow it down. We definitely would have left Millard Fillmore off. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even known that was a president. By the way, you were actually right about that. Barack Obama was the 44th, and then so. Wait, am I? And then Trump is the 40, 45. 45. President Trump for his service, 46. Well, I don't know why this says 46. It's crazy that I don't know any of this shit, by the way. Yeah. But you said 45 or 46. Yeah. And I guess to m- maybe normal people, like you, we should quote unquote know that. I know nothing. Oh, for, <laughs> what, for what it's worth, I'm, I'm not interested in who the president is. Or At all. No, I'm super interested in how people feel about it, though. Yeah. Like, like I don't, like, that doesn't, that has no impact on me. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe that's some like white male privilege, you know, <laughs> so, but like I'm way more interested in like how other people view it, you know? So I have a question for you. Shoot. I noticed that while you were telling your story, you mentioned you went through all this stuff. You're like, I really like cocaine. Great. I'm sure a lot of people might be able to agree with you, by the way. Right. But I really like cocaine. I, um, I really like almost, I liked jail. Right. Um, my, um, my wife, by her good graces, was great to me, and Paul, you you mentioned that. Well, my point is this: no matter what has gone on in your life, it seems like you're pointing out the fact that you felt good about all of it. Did you always feel good about it? Yeah, I. So, are you not na- like? Are you naturally like a happy, positive person? Now I am. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't really know a way to tell this without sharing something. So I'm just going to share it. Um, when I was 12 years old, my mom tried to kill herself for the first time. Okay. And my, for the first time. Yeah. And um, my aunt picked us up from school. Right. Took us to the hospital. And within the first like day or two of being there, uh, you know, we meet with like a, the, our family meets with like a therapist, psychologist, whatever it was. And basically, she she says, you know, to me, a 12-year-old, and my sister, 11, uh, 
I just don't feel like uh, you guys need me. Um, you get by fine by yourself, and so I'm not needed, and so I I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I'm 12 years old. The fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't say that to me. And so, uh, and she basically just kind of hung on to the fact that because now, as an adult who's, you know, talked this over with people, um, gotten some perspective, you understand that, like, what what she's doing is trying to manipulate you to give her attention and to focus on her. But as a 12-year-old, you just understand, like, my mom killed herself because, or tried to kill herself because of me. Yeah. And so that, to me, is an extremely formative moment in my life. Mm-hmm. And... My sister and I went two different ways with that. I basically decided like, and I was, it took, it took a few years, but I basically decided I'm not responsible for other people's happiness. It took a few years from the age of 12 or a few years. No, it took a few years from when I figured it when out. When you're an adult. God, I wish right, I figured right. out a couple years after 12. Could you 12. imagine? <laughs> like, no. Uh, it's funny, like I, um, with my son, like, I'm so weird about like, like when I'm talking to him, like I am so on point of like, focused on what I'm saying and how I'm saying it or whatever because like I'm never gonna let words slip out of my mouth that ever leave him with an impression of anything other than he is awesome and awesome for me yeah you know so but in any case the the happiness really came from at some point you got to start unboxing like who you are and what issues you have and why not like why or why you why you why you do the things you do oh yeah and so um I was an unhappy person and you were an unhappy person. Yeah. It was because I was trying to live for other people. I felt an obligation to like, to be responsible. Like, like if someone was unhappy, well, what did I do? What, what, what have I done here? Or if I'm just making a general decision and there is no specific person, what am I supposed to do here? What is the right thing to do? And I didn't understand that that's completely internal. Yeah. Like that's, whatever's right is what's right for you. Yeah. You know, how do you deal with the fact? Okay. So how do you deal with the fact that like, you know, you just mentioned you were unhappy because you were living for other people. However, they're like, you know, some, I've, I I want to say that even like Tony Robbins will say something along the lines of, and I say Tony Robbins cause we obviously both like mm-hmm. the dude. Um, we'll say something along the lines is like, you almost have, like contribution to society or like living for other people. Like, like how do you battle not doing? I think, I think that's, a you lot. know where I'm going. I think with it's this? a lot. I, th- I know where you're going. You're saying yeah. basically like, like how do you become a, or how do you maintain being a giving member of society without living for other people? That be yeah, basically the question. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll go to another book. I like, yes. uh, how to win friends and influence people also. Yeah. So there's a point in the book where it says no one does anything unless they want to do it. They basically talk about like, like the person who gives and donates to donates to charity. It's because they wanted the feeling of donating that money more than they wanted the money. Mm -hmm. You gave a hundred bucks to, you know, some charity. It's because that feeling was worth more than a hundred dollars to you. Yeah. That is how I feel about doing good. I want to feel good. I want to contribute to society. I want to, you know, um, I want to appreciate other people. I want to share kindness. I but, I won't lie to myself. I'm doing it for me. Yeah. Like I'm not doing it like, and for, to some extent I feel bad for people. If you're doing it for the other person, how's that really feel? How long does that last for you? Yeah. Like if I, 
if I do something kind, I know I did it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. Does that answer it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. I, I, I'm sitting in that for a moment. Cause I'm like, that's cool that you put it that way. Um, I think that altruism in general is like supposed to not be a selfish thing maybe, but it's like, I, I do kind of feel like at its core, it is selfish. Yeah. Right? And like, and I think it's a better version of it when it is. Yeah, it like, really is. Because like, now it's not like some, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's actually, that's interesting because like, like my girlfriend, for example, she thinks like I'm really good to her. And I guess I am. But so many of the things like that I might do, like yesterday I did laundry, and like, <laughs> which was whatever. But like she's been doing laundry ever since we moved in type of thing. It's like I have a magic hamper that just like right. gets so gnarly. But anyways, like, you know, she's getting home late from work. I'm like, what the fuck can I do? Because she doesn't like she doesn't want to eat. Blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of wanted to do something. Right. Um, but she's like, you're so good to me. I'm like, I guess. But it's like it like it truly made me happy to do something for her. So 100%. it's like equal, you right. know, like, of course, I want to serve her. But for me, I was like, it also made me happy to do this. Like, I wasn't going to. You know, I wasn't going to go to the store and like buy you a new outfit like that wouldn't make me fucking happy. But doing right. this act of service like right. maybe, that's interesting. Yeah, I um. so I have a uh, bud who is the other business partner outside of but I've been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. long before there was any business to be partnered in. And um, between the two of us, we have an ongoing. Like. Like, I don't have a brother. That dude is as close as I'm ever going to get. Sure. Um, and uh, and we basically have an ongoing, like, and I don't want to call it one-upsmanship because there's no score. Like, literally, like, it's the most, like, pure kindness between the two of us where it's like, um, you know. So he, because he, he's a really good human, he wanted to get, get rid of his car and give it to uh, the daughter of uh, his cousin and my friend. It's a weird, complicated thing. But in any case, he wanted to give his car away. Yeah. And he was like, I don't hardly ever drive it, this and that. And he goes, and he's like, if I ever needed to, I'm sure I could borrow your car. Of course you can. Yeah. It's fine. Um, that was four years ago. He's used my car every time he would like since then. And it's fine with me. Yeah. And, uh, but he went and bought himself a car. Uh, well, it was like, March of last year, but he finally got it because it was a Tesla. So he uh, he put his deposit down and waited and waited and waited and waited, and he uh, finally got it. Mm-hmm. And um, I never once ever felt anything other than, of course you can borrow my car. Of course you can borrow my car. Yeah. And now he's like returning it. Uh, ironically, uh, uh, the transmission went out on my truck. Yeah. And so he was like, oh, it's perfect timing. He's like, I get my Tesla on Saturday. Sick. So now at this point, I've driven his Tesla more than he has. <laughs> and the opportunity for us to give and be do for each other is for both of us, like the best part of our day. Like, yeah. You know, um, when when we talk about what's great about having a business. Yeah. And I didn't get this at first to me growing up in my family's business. I was like you know, the grind and the hustle and the, you know, I like the work. Yeah. And he was like, I just like being able to provide this many people with this many jobs. Mm -hmm. Like I love that I can do this for people. And when, when things happen, because sometimes things happen and you know, the it's, 
it's less and less perilous these days, but especially in the beginning when it's real fragile and you're like, is this gonna work and this and that, and someone does something that could harm the business. He never had the attitude of, I can't believe someone's doing this to me. It was always, does this person not understand how far reaching this is? Like, like the guy in the back who's, this is his second job and he's like paying for his, you know, kid's school and stuff like that. Like, I can't, I can't lose that guy's job. I can't, like, that's how he saw it. He's a big influence on how I see things and happiness. Yeah. You know, um, and it's funny because he's in a, in, within the restaurant, uh, like, He's the boss, and then there's Adam and I. Yeah. Um, and he, that inherently means he has more stress than me. Sure. And uh, it's funny because a lot of times the, that, that investment he's made into me in, in helping me with my happiness pays off for him now because he has days where he's like, wants to pull his hair out, and I'm just like, you know, this is the worst thing that's happened to us. It's not the worst thing that's ever going to happen to us. And it's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, like we've beaten way worse than this and we, we will continue to beat. So. Man. So, okay. You alluded to it. You said you managed a restaurant. I think I know better. You, aren't you partnered up in this restaurant? Yeah. I own, I own part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, that your humility is great by the way, but like, I think that a great, part of this and what I love about you and Adam actually is you guys actually love bartending. You've said this you're oh, yeah. th- throughout the I, whole podcast and you love pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do love pizza. And now you're, you, you're part, you're a partner in, uh, in cruisers pizza, which is like, you know, pizza and bartending. Like yeah. you're doing what you actually love. Right. And you're happy as shit. Yeah. No, I, uh, a, um, this is actually from how like, do I... I'm happier talking to you right now. Do you understand this? That's <laughs> like, like, and I'm a generally happy person. Yeah. <laughs> for what it's worth, I feel the same. Like I like <laughs> there's not a lot of people that would get me to carve like a chunk of time out of my day. <laughs> like that's for sure. Uh, and just getting to sit around and talk with you. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like it makes my day better. Yeah. So, um, another thing I've like kind of been on lately is, uh, like, we always focus on the moment and how it feels and things like that. But like trying to really appreciate the like ripple after like, like how is my weekend going to go? Because I got like, like obviously this time's great. I'm enjoying how talking to you. It's awesome. But how's my weekend going to go because I got this time in like, am I just going to have a little shinier view of the world and stuff like that? Like it's cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so what happened, like the way that went was we, um, bud and, uh, his business partner started the one in Newport. Adam and I worked there. Um, and uh, basically, we worked real hard. And when it got around to the second one, uh, he basically was like, hey, uh, I want to create an opportunity for you guys to buy in. And so now we own part of it. And it's funny because a lot of times you make that move because you want people, like people who are invested will do more and this and that. But he literally said, he's like, I don't know how you guys can work more. So just, yeah. it was more just him expressing thanks to us. And, and, and it was a really nice gesture. And that's the first, for me, at this point, there's other things. But 
that was the first like business where like I own part of this business. Yeah. And uh, it feels good. Like yeah. it, it, it feels good to accomplish something, especially growing up in that environment. Bro, like it's just your, your whole thing is so crazy. Yeah. And it came full circle, which is great because it's like all the trouble started at a restaurant. Right. Yeah. And now like maybe, yeah. you know, now it, it's, it's funny because, um, we jokingly, uh, we give Bud a hard time. Uh, he's, he's gotten less of this and if anything, I'm probably the worst for it now, but, um, uh, he would give people such a long leash and so many tries and this and that. And, uh, and we basically like we were having a conversation one day and narrowed it down to the fact that I ruined him. Like, if we can take me like because he he was there and when I was just a shitty human, mm. like you know I'm doing drugs, I'm selling drugs, I'm getting. Is this who you moved into in Newport? Move into yes. with, oh, in Newport. Yeah. And so he did he at that time own cruisers while you were working no. at Cabo. No, he he was a bartender at Cabo along with his business partner. They would eventually leave Cabo to open cruisers. Okay, cool. But yeah. Um, the three of us all worked together and we would basically, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, uh, I would, <clears throat> I would manage and they would bartend. Yeah. And we would, um, <clears throat> we would, uh, sit down like we, I'd be doing the numbers. They'd be counting money and we would just kind of talk shop. Yeah. And like a lot of the, who we are as a business was formed sitting in that room. And it's, it's cool. That's rad, yeah. dude. I'm super pumped to hear it. So man, we w we went on for quite some time. I know. I feel like I just kept talking and kept talking. All I wanted to do was listen. You're, you were far more interesting than I, than my questions would have been anyway. So it didn't really matter. Um, but I, I mean, you've, you, we've been, <laughs> and now we're going to have to have an episode two, by the way, but, um, that's fine. Yeah. I think that you, you've provided so much to us already and to the listener, you know what I mean? And, um, but I do feel like it's a good spot to wrap it up with that being said, we do like to leave the audience <clears throat> or the listeners rather with uh, one bit of advice from the guest to them. So you have, you've already given a lot, but what is the overarching smash point? The most important thing to me is that you have to define your own happiness. You cannot do what other people feel you should do and find real joy in it. If your happiness happens to align with someone else's, that's great, but it can't be for them. Mm. It's always gotta be for you. Yeah. What do, what do you want and what will make you happy? Because there's no amount of, there's no amount of salary in a job. There's no amount of attractive partner. There's no amount of, anything that's going to make up for it's not what you really want yeah that's crazy uh ron thank you so much for your thank time you. here we really appreciate it to the uh to the listener um if you love the episode we would love a five-star review if you didn't love the episode you're crazy but feel free to stick it to us with a five-star review anyways and be sure to subscribe because we're going to have a lot of incredible people just like ron back on the show thanks again ron thank you <laughs>